Grizz Nation, I'm back. I'm back. This is the Free Basketball Grizzlies Edition podcast. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and we are presented by the Lee Sports Media. I took a game off, so please forgive me. It was Mother's Day, plus two sick kids over the weekend. Not ideal. But Mother's Day was very much uh, a fun day, a family-filled day, and very uh, good day time uh, to spend with the family and the wife because she deserves it. All the hard work the mothers do put on. I just want to make sure that we show just one day a year that we uh, really do appreciate them. So I took some time away, uh, but I'm back. I'm here with our normal edition. We are going to add on the 10 minutes or less uh, for the Pelicans game this week. But the first part, I want to bring on Josh Eberly. He has a podcast, Dunks and Discourse. It's very good. Uh, they go back and forth, uh, him and Jabari, really really well-made uh, podcast. And so check it out. But here comes Josh right now. All right, today's interview we have with us, a writer for Hoop Magazine. He is the co-host of Dunks and Discourse. He is Josh Eberly. What's up, Josh? Thanks for having me on, man. appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Wanted to bring you on because, one, we uh, I see you in a lot of rooms on the Locker Room app, so shout out Locker Room. Uh, once again, as always, uh, doing good things over there, bringing a lot of sports people together. Uh, but I wanted to bring you in because, one, I feel like you have a very good open mind for all the NBA, and I know you do have a little bit of liking to the Mavs. I do believe. Is that right? It is, yeah. Okay. And so I, I want to talk about that, but then the more I started digging in, I was like, you know what? I want to talk about all the NBA stuff. And so I think that'd be a lot more fun. That is, that's like my, that's my whole brand right there. It's like, yeah, I do like the Mavs, but if the the Mavs aren't playing a great game, I'm not going to stick to that channel. That's for sure. <laughs> I like it. Well, we do it uh, a little game we call clutch time. Um, I ask a bunch of stupid questions and I hope that you give me some good answers. So uh, you down for clutch time? I, I too hope that I will give you some good answers, but we'll see. <laughs> I do only have one rule. We want good stories, and if you have a bad story, keep those to yourself. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's get started for uh, with clutch time. Um, all right. Favorite superhero? Favorite superhero, uh, Captain America. Wow. All right. Coming out strong. Um, give me a bucket list item of yours. Bucket list item. Um NBA game, courtside seats, no media obligations. Ooh, that's a, that's a lot of strings, but I like that. Yeah. Um, have you you sat courtside with the media? No, I've sat about three up with with the media pass, but I would like to sit courtside, have an NBA player follow me, just have a few 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 beverages and uh, <laughs> enjoy the mood. I actually have sat courtside randomly enough. I don't even remember why I got that, but I did. Um, yeah, so I have to remember why. Um, I've I've drank a few since then. Um, all right. Favorite movie or show of all time? Uh, favorite movie of all time is Jerry Maguire. Wow. Are you, yeah. you drafted him, right? I did. It's your last pick in that. Yeah, I did. Draft? I was like, I'm not going to not take my favorite movie. Yeah. I, uh, we're, you know, weirdly enough, I picked yours. Uh, I thought you had a lot of good movies and we're talking about the movie draft Josh did. Uh, you can go check it out on his timeline on his Twitter page. Um, he did one in the locker room, and I thought that was a lot of fun. I did not hear it live, but I did see the picks, and I voted for you in the, the vote. Well, I appreciate the support. There we go. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, movie you quote the most. Oh, movie I quote the most. 
man, it's either Jerry Maguire or or it's Goon, um, which I don't know if you've ever seen Goon. Or Goon how many that's got to be a hockey movie, right? It is. It's okay. kind of like the modern day slap shot. If you haven't seen it, Sean William Scott is like a dumb, you know, goon in hockey and he just beats the hell out of everyone. And he's not too bright. I mean, there's lots of quotable moments. That's a great movie. That's awesome. Uh, I'm not seeing goon. Um, maybe I need to watch it. Uh, I'm always looking for something to watch. Um, all right. So, Oh, favorite sports movie. Would that be goon? Uh, favorite sport. I is think Jerry Maguire it, a sports movie. Does Jerry Maguire count? Um, <laughs> goon as a sports comedy. And I would say, remember the Titans. It, it's like every five years or so I'll check back in, watch, remember the Titans. And every time it just holds up and the moments still hit and, Denzel kills it and the whole strong side, the right. whole leadership speech. There's just so many moments in that, that movie that still connect for me. So that's awesome. All right. Uh, favorite football team. Cowboys. I thought so. And because of that over, over under nine and a half wins this year. <laughs> uh, I'm a Cowboys seven, fans too. We're playing 17. So I'll, I'll use that as a flimsy excuse to say over. So is that 10 and seven, 10 and seven, I feel is okay in the East. I feel like it's possible. I feel like it's it's the weapons will be there. Will the defense be there? I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll just score 50. Um, all right. So favorite sports TV personality? Sports TV personality. So somebody on your, you know, I don't know, announcer for the Mavs or ESPN. Man, it's probably changed a lot. Like when I was coming up, it was definitely Bill Simmons. Like okay. I, I, I know people today are up and down all around with Bill Simmons, but coming up, he was just so ahead of the game. I'd never even heard of a podcast until Bill Simmons. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's someone specifically today, like maybe Howard Beck. Okay. Um, someone I just vibe a lot, uh, a lot of the time with what he's saying and writing. So maybe him. Yep. I like it. Um, all right. Favorite uh, sports moment of all time for you. Oh, man. See, I could go a few ways here. Like, You'd think the 2011 championship for the Mavs right. would probably be my answer. But like, I also feel like the 2007 series where Dallas finally beat San Antonio and mm. Devin Harris had his coming out party. It's up there, but I might actually go the Kawhi and maybe it's recency bias, but the Kawhi Leonard bounce bounce winner with Joel Embiid incredulous in the corner, just because of what it did like that moment. So many, so many, friends and family members in Canada who had never cared about basketball watched that moment. We're talking about that moment for the next week. Yeah. It was really cool to see it resonate on that level. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a shot that'll go down in history forever. Um, and it, it is honestly, it's one of those moments that you'll remember kind of where you're at, or you'll always remember that feeling if you're watching it live. Um, yeah. I, I like that. I like that you didn't go personal favorites and like your team. So um, big fan of that favorite athlete of all time in any sport. Man, these are these are like these are supposed to be really fast. <laughs> can, I, can I just be super lame and three-way tie this? Like, I feel like Tony Romo is honestly the first All right. name that came to mind. And like, I don't know, I was a Romo guy. I was so sad when when they gave the job to Dak, even though Dak's been great. It just yeah. felt like such a change. Um, and he was such a consistent part of my viewing experience for so long. Like Vince Carter was like the first athlete that like really gripped me in the nba and then dirk is up there as well for just being Dirk for 20 years yeah uh no i like that i'll give i'll let you add on that just because i i, I do want to talk more about um 
more Cowboys, unfortunately. But Vince Carter played for Memphis. The Grizzlies was amazing um, here. Uh, was one of the. Uh, he's a good guy, and, and as you know, Tony Romo. He should have been your favorite TV uh, personality. <laughs> That's who it should have been. Um, you know what? I, it, it almost makes me sad though that he is appreciated more as a broadcaster than a quarterback. Yeah. Well, because he felt like one of those guys who was always underrated as a player, right? Because he was on the Cowboys and people loved to hate the Cowboys. But yeah, that's how it yeah. goes. Yeah, it, it is. And, and if you had the star in your helmet, uh, and I don't want this to be a Cowboys podcast at all, uh, <laughs> but I love I love the Cowboys, Braves. I'm a '90s kid, uh, Memphis because they're here in a hometown. So uh, I could talk about those two two teams as well as the Grizzlies forever. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, transition over to a little bit about you. Uh, plug what you have. Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, give us a little bit about you. Yeah, man, I got a bunch of stuff. I mean, I, most of my writing would still go to Hoop, but I freelance all over the place. Um, I do have a podcast I host alongside Jabari Davis. We just left Blue Wire. Jabari has started up his own company. We're going to run our own network, have a few shows signed on. So keep an eye. We'll have some new shows in the feed this week. And uh, I host rooms on Locker Room like three times a week. So if you just want to come casually chat movie sports, that's where I am. Yeah, uh, you can go uh, find Locker Room at Locker Room app. Uh, also find Dunks and Discourse at Dunks Discourse. No and in there uh, on Twitter. Dunks Discourse. Uh, if you can't spell it, Google it. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the NBA. Um, I, I preface this real quick. This is going to come out um, Tuesday, so I'm going to put this out tomorrow. Um, and so we're recording this on a Monday. So the Grizzlies do play the Pelicans tonight. So that's uh, that's a little bit of the Grizzly side of things. The rest of this shouldn't matter too much. Um, there's not there's not going to be a ton of movement, honestly, within one night. Uh, so it's not going to be too backlog. Um, but let's go ahead and get into the All NBA. And I know. The reason that I want to ask this is because I had one person I saw on your uh, your Twitter timeline. Uh, I, I was the creepy guy trying to figure out what questions I want to ask you. So I hope you answer it the way I really hope you do. Uh, but if not, I have a lot of good uh, questions afterwards. Uh, give me your first and second team all NBA. And just to give preface this, this you do have to actually pick positions, right? Yeah, you do. That's a, that's, a, that's the weird thing about it. So. Who you got? This is one of the things like a couple weeks ago, I tweeted like, why do we still do this? Like, why do we still have to do right. positions for all? And it doesn't even make sense. Cause like votes get split. where like guys who could be forward center, you know, they get half the votes here and half the votes. It, it's just a mess, man. Like, and I did throw it out. I was like, why don't we just do this one to 15? It would be way cooler to be like, I was the sixth best player in the NBA as voted anyway. And Howard Beck actually TM'd me and he was like, it would, bother a lot of centers and big men mm. who yeah. feel like their contract incentives are tied to it. Like fair enough. But um, so I did this and I feel like this is a weird year because again, there's not a game. I, I you know I'm, I'm talking myself off a cliff here. I'm trying to make all the excuses, <laughs> in but like the games thing bugs me too every year. I'm like, how am I supposed to account for the fact that LeBron's played 50 games? Right. Like LeBron is like, if we're, if we're doing this still, even at 36 years old, most people are saying, I want LeBron James. LeBron James is the best player in the league. So, I don't know. Anyway, first team I did Jokic, who I think is going to win MVP. Yeah. Giannis. Um, and I am going to take LeBron as my second forward. Mm. He is forward and guard eligible for the ballot. Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. Um, that's my first team. My second team, I did Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, 
Damian Lillard. And I actually did have Kawhi over LeBron for like 30 seconds and realized that Kawhi's only played seven more games. At which point, like, who even cares at seven more games? But yeah, and then my third team was the mess. Like, I'm glad you didn't really ask because I (laughs) I had Gobert, AD, question mark, Randall, question mark, Butler, Zion, question mark, George Harden, Kyrie Beal, question mark. So that third team is going to be a bloodbath. All right. So just by looking at this, okay. Who so who is your second team? I got MB, Tatum, Leonard, and who else? Chris Paul, Damian Lillard. Okay. Lillard. Okay. That that would help out. I, I wrote Leonard down twice. That's probably my issue. Um <laughs> so if you're looking at there's only, you know, you're you're grabbing nobody from the Brooklyn Nets. Nobody from the Nets and nobody from the Jazz. Wow. Until Arby. and like the Nets are the hard thing too. Like KD and Harden have each missed a ton of time. And then I don't like, do you want to give Kyrie the nod for having played more games, but still also having missed 20 games? Like, I don't, I don't think you can do that. Like this year. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and look at this, this is the funny thing. Utah is number one overall this year with a record of 50 and 18. The second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eight team, as we are currently constructed, all have a player in the, in the West, all have a player in the first or second team, according to Josh. There's a lot of, there's a lot of hate. I, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, and, and like, you know, I've had Nets winning the title before they traded Harden, and I still think they're the best team, but like, it's this weird like Katie's played 31 games. He's right. not even gonna play half the season. And Kyrie's played 50. I think Harden's played 40 something. And it's yeah. I, I would have had Harden on my third team just because I think he was that good over his okay. duration, like he was in the MVP race. But it will be funny if on paper they have no all NBA players and they win a title. Because people will revise right. history 15 oh, yeah. years from now and be like, Oh, they didn't even have an all NBA guy that year. Yeah, they weren't even healthy, they weren't it, even good. Especially with the, the the names of I know Kyrie's a big name, but he's not been like you know just kind of the first team guy. But Harden and Durant, uh, the name alone just screams first team, if not second team. Uh, and sure. so I yeah. I'm shocked that uh, people in general wouldn't have them on there. And I'm not saying that your your list is wrong. It's much better than mine would ever be. And I didn't have, haven't even come up with mine. But that still just just looking on the outside in, I think that uh, will shock a lot of people if that is how it happens. Uh, and the narrative of if they do win a championship, nobody on first or second team would be crazy. And I'm here for the chaos. It is it is wild too. Like you think about it, like James Harden at this point in his career is a much better player than Chris Paul. But then you had the shenanigans at the beginning of the season, right? And he played what 30 games with the Nets. So 67 games of Chris Paul turning around the Suns more worthy of a spot than 42 games of Harden. Yes. Like, I, I think so. But yeah. like, I, you could tell me that Harden's better in all NBA is just talent than fair enough. I feel bad for Bradley Beal, man. Like the whole right. ordeal last year, he wanted to be on the team so bad. Zach Lowe may have misled him. There's that whole thing on his mm. podcast. And then, so Beal leads guards in all-star voting. He wow. might win the scoring title. And he's not going to make all NBA. That would that would be crazy. <laughs> wow. And, and the, the funny thing is about it, just looking at the East and the West, it's it's West loaded if it was to go that direction. Even if it was one name from the East put on here, still, it's not much difference. It's still going to be West heavily loaded as a as a conference, um, which would be crazy in itself. But uh, let me get to one, one guy, and you didn't have him on here, Julius Randle. 
Um, and I know you kind of you, – and I saw some tweets about his. Do you think he's deserving of second team? Well, you know what? Like the, the Paul Harden argument was what I was kind of teasing on Twitter where you, you got me thinking about this 10 minutes before the show, and I'm like, is Julius Randle playing 25 more games than Joel Embiid this year? And like the next turnaround, is that more valuable right. than what Embiid did in his 40-something games? And ultimately I decided no, but like if you had Randle's second team, I'd understand it. Yeah. And in, this, in the same breath though, like you go to third team and you're like, if you don't let Gobert be the center, then the Jazz, who might ha- end up having the best record in, in the NBA, wouldn't have anyone all, all NBA. Wow. I don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to make it. So no. I don't know if politics matters like that, but I was like, man, it would feel really bad not to have at least one member of the Jazz on this team. Yeah. No, I agree. If it was me, I would probably put Randall over Tatum, and that would probably be a hot take to some. But I, I believe that Julius Randall has meant more to his team, but also I believe that he's been uh, playing much better this year and uh, overall, but um, let's get into uh, a little bit about uh, we're, we're, we're closing in on the playoffs. Um, how many teams in the East realistically can win it? Um, Three men show one, if they're healthy. Wow. I, 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 I think if Harden's healthy, the Nets are going to smack everybody. I really do. Wow. Like I'm not, super worried about consistency. Like these guys have played together internationally. They've worked out in the off season. The talent level is just so astronomical. And I feel like games are constantly won and lost um, in the playoffs come that two, three minutes at the beginning of the fourth quarter where they're just, they have to rest their, their horses. Yeah. And all the time you've seen this with LeBron team so many times, he goes to the bench up six to start the fourth comes in down five and that swing costs them the game. And I just, the Nets are never, if they're healthy, going to be in a situation without one of those guys in the court. It just seems stacked. Um, that being yeah. said, if they're not, which I, 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 it's tough to know, like this idea that Harden's saying he'll be back. It, will he be back in shape? Will he be back rusty? What is I, I think Philly and Milwaukee each have a shot, but that is as far as I would go. Okay. And that's why I figure it, it's a three, it's a three team race pretty much in the East. Um, Cause New York and Atlanta, and you can put in Miami and Boston in there if you want, but uh, I, I feel like th- those teams are all so close that they can win games in a series, but winning four of seven will be very tough. Um, let's go to, a, to the play-in real quick, um, and I'm going to get your predictions on this. Seven through ten, as it's currently constructed, not much going to change, but uh, it would be Boston and Charlotte. Uh, we know Washington is there just lurking. Uh, they keep climbing. Uh, but let's just keep it as it is. Washington, Indiana, uh, Indiana, oh, man, sorry, Indianapolis. <laughs> I kept want to say that. Indiana Pacers. Um, which of those two teams get in? I think Washington's been doing something right here the last little bit. Like there was an adjustment period. Russ looked absolutely woeful to start the year. They lost Thomas Bryant. Like they've they've had their share of things go wrong, and they still can't play any defense. But like the combination of Russ doing Russ and Beal scoring at an elite rate. Like I I think that they, I also think they're like 16 and eight over the last 24 or something that they've been playing good basketball. I think Washington would get in. Okay. I think they would get in over Charlotte ultimately too. So do you think it's uh, the Celtics and uh, the wizards? That's kind of my, my feeling right now. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I'm on that completely. All right. Well, let's not spend too much time on there. Um, Same questions to the Western conference. Who can actually win this thing? Is it as wide open as it looks like it's on on paper? 
Huh. You know, um, I kind of think it is more, more open in the West. Like I, I think that LeBron missing time at this point is worrisome. And I, I, I don't want to be that guy who, who doubts LeBron only right. looks stupid. And I know he's never lost in the first round, but like him moaning about the playing game and him being away from the team immediately after coming back from injury. And like, he's 36 years old. Like this is, yeah. it, it's gotta happen. Like we know he's not going to deny time forever. So I don't think the Lakers are unbeatable. Um, I do think they've done the right thing, prioritizing health over home court advantage. So we'll see where they're at, but I, I don't think they want to see a situation where the Warriors fall into the playing game and they yeah. potentially have to fight. Like you know, who would want to see Curry in, right. in a, in a one-off, right? Um, I think the Suns are legitimately good. I'm, I haven't been as high on the Jazz as most people this year, but I think the Jazz have done enough to, to give tip your hat their way. And I really thought the Nuggets might actually be the favorites mm. um, heading into the po- – before Jamal before, Murray went yeah. down. I really thought that Aaron Gordon pickup really solidified what they were missing, but they are so injured right now too. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think there are five teams. Like I think Utah, okay. Phoenix, the LA's and Denver kind of all have a shot at this. Okay. Uh, no Dallas and Portland. No, I don't trust Dallas. I, I think both Luca and Dame could punch you in the mouth for a couple games. And I think very similar to last year with the Clippers, like if you don't bring it, you know, um, those two guys could absolutely torture you and make a series interesting, but I don't think they have the legs and the support to go three rounds sort of yeah. deal. Um, Lakers, are they going to stay in the seventh seed? Cause I know LeBron's supposed to be coming back uh, when the, on Tuesday, when this podcast drops potentially against New York, if not the game after uh, that was the news that broke today. Um, are they solidified themselves now? Um, or could you think they could jump out and jump over uh, either Portland or Dallas? So they got New York, Houston, Indiana, New Orleans, and Portland has Portland's Houston, got a tough U- schedule. Yeah, Utah, Phoenix. De- I, I think they will have Portland. I think. Okay. Based on just looking at that really quickly, man. You at Utah at Phoenix back to back. Right. Pretty tough. Yeah, and if you look at um, as well, and what, I'll ask them about this question about the um, the Golden State Warriors as well. So you can look at them. I think that they have a very tough match. They're at, um, they're at home, but they have the jazz and the Suns come to them, uh, on a back-to-back tonight and Tuesday. Um, and then they go Pelicans and then that game, which will be the, the, the tiebreaker between the Grizzlies and the Warriors at uh, the Warriors. They do have a four game stretch. Actually now it's a six game homestand, but the last four games are all at home for the Warriors. So, um, that's my next question. Uh, do you think that I know you just said that uh, LA can jump over Portland and jump out of it, which is fine. Which two, which two teams come out of it then? Um, and we'll lump in Portland, LA, you know, we'll say one of the, do you agree? One of those, whoever stays in will make it and be the seventh seed. Either the Lakers or the trailblazers. I think, I think golden state can be Portland if that's the seventh. Okay. okay. Um, so then Portland, I you know, Portland, Memphis in the playing game wow. feels feels one fitting and entertaining. Yeah, and right. uh I mean could go either way. So I think Port yeah, I Portland might be in a really awkward situation here to close the year, to be honest. I know yeah. they're playing good basketball last week, but they're they're in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I agree. Um Memphis is a dangerous team. They've looked horrible lately. Uh, yeah. But if they can figure it out over the next week, they will. They can be very dangerous, and you know, Jaw is very good. Uh, they have a deep team, but that doesn't help you uh, late into the year. But also, def- definitely didn't help you into a play-in game. Um, 
I think that's the most open um, just kind of matchups there are within this, the seven through 10. I think uh, the Spurs have solidified themselves into that 10 spot. I think Golden State and Memphis, that game, the last game of the year is going to come down to the who is, who's going to be either the eighth or the ninth, whoever wins that. Um, but let's go ahead and uh, we'll wrap up the NBA talk and head over to the uh, Grizzlies talk with one more question. Give me your final four teams, two out of the West, two out of the East, who are in the finals this year? Oh, he's trying to predict the – so the Lakers, if they fall, if they get to six, they would – Utah would get to avoid – Right. That would be, that'd be good. Both the Clippers, like, like you're talking into avoid the Suns, Clippers and Lakers would be pretty incredible. Um, yeah. You get a Denver team um, that Jokic, but you have Gobert, So maybe they can equal each other out. Jokic always feeds it to Gobert. Though. Oh <laughs> yeah, just, for sure. Uh, but I mean, no Jamal Murray, Dozier's hurt. Barton's been hurt. Uh, Morris has been hurt. Like they barely have a guard on the roster they can play right now. I, I, I think the two best teams in the West right now are probably the Lakers and Suns, in my opinion. But like, with where how I see the standings going, I think they'd have to play round two. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on a limb and say Nuggets and Lakers in the conference finals again. If this is how it wow. shakes out. So you're for sure saying that Denver takes out Utah, and and we'll say that LA is literally a road team the whole time, and they uh, they run to the finals. So LeBron, yeah, the, woo, that's a lot. I'm, but <laughs> I met like Bron gets to play as the sixth seed. He would get to play the Clippers round two, and he would basically be the home team. Yeah, like well, they they wouldn't really have to be the road team against right. the Clippers. That makes um, sense. But yeah, and then in the East, I'll say, uh, I guess net Sixers based on how the standings are going. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you think Brooklyn takes out Milwaukee, even though they did just get beat by them twice? Yeah, beat with okay. them twice without Harden, though. Right. Okay. Yeah. Any news on that? Do we know when Harden's coming back? I know he said that he will not. You know, he's he's coming back. The last thing I saw was a couple of days ago with him saying that he would be ready for the playoffs. Okay. Which whenever a player says that, like, does that mean that he's already been doing things in the gym and feels great? Or does that mean like, there's no way he's missing the playoffs, but he's rusty as hell and has been doing right. some recreational activities and not running the court. So I don't know. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Well, this is a Grizzlies uh, podcast. Um, we are free basketball Grizzlies edition. Let's get three questions. Uh, anybody on this Grizzlies team that just jumps off the paper to you that you just like? Um, I know everybody usually just jumps straight to you know John Morant, but is there someone that you've seen your you know you had your eye on? Yeah, um, I was going to say like I would just skip over Jaw because I feel like that's well established at this point. Jaw is one of the most beloved players at this point in his career ever. Like the amount of players who just love him too. And like we're tired. Everybody just loves him, loves his game. Um, Melton is the guy I think of where like quite a few times um, when I've tuned in to watch the Grizzlies, I'm like, man, this guy just brings it. He's consistent off ball, um, defends incredibly hard. Like if he was just a little bit bigger, I think everybody would would see him as a gem. I know he's a, he's a touch undersized, but De'Anthony Melton feels like a legitimately good two-way player who who could be on that team for a while. Is his uh, future, is that a starting two-guard 
or is it the sixth or seventh man? Uh, because I've had this discussion with a few other Grizzlies people, and I feel like I'm right. So tell me I'm right. I want to hear what you say. So here's my hedge on this. Like I feel like with a bigger one who could who could play up defensively, he could be your starting two. But I think given that fact, you know, Jaw is who he is, I think eventually he's a very good sixth or seventh player. Okay. Because that's where I'm going. And if you look at – I'll use Portland just for example. They are great. CJ and Dame are great. But the knock on them is that they're undersized. And so I just feel like you got to have a yin to your yang. Morant uh, and Triple J are a very good yin-yang. Even Ja Morant and Jonas Valanciunas, very yin-yang. And people want to just discredit because they see Ja and they see the superstar – you have to have the yang to your yen. And so that's what I think uh, that Melton is great. He will get paid 15 million a year. If he learns that the six man role is his spot and he can, you know, dominate the ball, come off ball and just really just be a good defender. Um, And so I think this is the right spot for him. Um, All right. So this Grizzlies team, um, have they exceeded expectations this year? Or do you think that they're right on par uh, with how either you thought or everyone thought just being right here in the, you know, the playing game. Hmm. I want to look at my bookmarks for a second. Cause I, what was their over under before the season? Well, it was a weird year. So it was like 42% um, of their win percentage um, is where I kept seeing it at. Um, and so I think that was around the 34 wins is where I think everybody was thinking they would be at. Uh, it was just weird because they did that. This year is the first year they did a win percentage due to COVID. They weren't sure if they were going to get all the games in. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm trying to find them on my sheet here. So, like, I had them at the season at 31 and a half. Okay. I did a Twitter poll, and 820 people voted. 68% said over. So, I think they're about right where they should be. Okay. Like, they've hit that over. Uh I don't, I, I don't know, do Mem- I, with Jaron being out, do Memphis fans feel like this team overachieved or do they feel, were they just really hoping for another big jump? Well, I, I think that with Jaron out, they've overachieved. Um, but the last two weeks have not gone well. If you look at the way they're playing with Jaron, it's not been good. And it's yeah. been weird how it's worked out. And thankfully – uh, this past Sunday, they did put Jaron into uh, the starting lineup, which was good. Um, I think that they're just going to have to tear the Band-Aid off. And, he, you know, he's just shooting way too many three-pointers, in my opinion, uh, coming back so quickly uh, doing that. But I think in the end, the best thing for them to do is put him in the starting lineup, as they did because of Grayson Allen injury. So as a coach, you actually hope things like that work themselves out. Uh, but I do believe that Jaron uh, coming in the starting lineup will help them out. But Exceeded expectations, yes, because of Jaron's injuries happening so long. I think there's like I, – I do like Jonas too. I know he has his shortcomings, but I think he's a good player, what he does. I like Clark. I like Bain. Um, I'm cynical on Jaron Jackson Jr., like relative to where I think like the NBA Twittersphere is on him. Like there was a very um, sexy portrayal of his ceiling from a lot of draft experts, and I'm not saying that it's unwarranted or was unwarranted, but like – I think that he's been evaluated an awful lot on what people hope that he'll do both offensively, defensively. And I don't think we've seen that at all yet. So, you know, yeah. add, in, add, in, add in some injury concerns and I, you know, I think he's going to be a good player. Do I think he's going to be the pillar and the second guy next to 
jaw for the next 10 years. I don't know. I, I don't think it's as dire as the Luca Kristaps situation where there's almost no faith in Porzingis anymore, but I right. think it's teetering on that relationship. Yeah. And I, and I know he's young, but it just feels like he's like a baby giraffe that cannot figure out his limbs. Like um, his arms are so long, he gets caught in the cookie jar so much. He's like, oh my, oh my bad. I was just trying to just block just a little bit. I didn't realize that I was actually going to uh, tear your arm off when I was uh, just trying to block the ball. Uh, well, and, that- and for a guy that was, he was modeled as like, he has two guard skills offensively and he covers insane amounts of ground ground defensively he seems rather uncoordinated defensively and rather i don't know rusty or raw offensively and i just that's not the product is not how it was advertised to this point yeah i agree and i think he's falling in love uh coming back with the three-point shot more than he really should his shot is not does not look good now it it has gone in and he's shot at a you know 30 ish above 30 percent uh, percentage which is not bad uh you want to be closer to the 40 mark but he's been closer to that than he's not but just shooting 10 three-pointers from you know your seven over seven foot now uh somehow he he grew this past uh, offseason but um uh, all right so two quick questions look at the uh, grizzly squ- schedule they do have four games left i'm sorry five games left uh tonight against the uh the pelicans uh predictions on that game i know zion's out I, i'm i'm pretty sure tatum or not tatum brandon ingram's out um, you think they can win that game? Yeah, I think Memphis should win this game. They're favored uh, by nine and a half. They were also favored by nine and a half against uh, the Pistons. So yeah. um, don't uh, don't get me looking at that. The um, this the spreads, and I mean like the most like this season has felt very long, despite being shorter for a lot of teams. A lot of yeah. guys are banged up, but like my God, the spreads the last few like I'm fifteen and a half points, sixteen and a half points. Right, teams are getting like not even good teams are getting against Houston, Oklahoma City. Yeah, just the Kings just bashing the Thunder's skulls. And last night, like we've seen a lot of unwatchable basketball. So right. I think the Grizzlies want it. The Pelicans don't. And okay. uh, they should smack them. But who knows? All right. Well, the thing I want to ask you the most on is the Mavericks game. Um, Luca's coming back from a 22 minute, you know, getting thrown out. That was a weird deal. He was trying to smack the guy's arm from pushing him. He, he, he hit him on accident in the area, I would think. I don't know. If you want to give a take, feel free. Uh, this is what it looked like for me. Um, that game is pretty important to the Grizzlies, not as much to the Mavericks. Do you think the Grizzlies can get them at home? Uh, I wouldn't say it's not important at all to the Mavericks, but less important than it is to the Grizzlies. Sure. Um, I don't know, man. Like Dallas has been playing pretty good basketball right. the last little while here. And is that a coincidence with the personnel that may or may not be in the lineup of late? I don't know. <laughs> um, but like things, you know, uh, Dallas is caught in this like really awkward twilight zone of like, we don't think Luca should do everything, but we are objectively a better basketball team right now. And Luca does everything. And I think Luca does everything has been working and they have, you know, some time off to breathe here and yeah, they're on the road, but the road hasn't been the same this year as it has in other years. I I think Dallas probably gets that game. Okay. I agree. Uh, And we'll skip the rest. It's two against the Kings and then the Grizzlies warriors is going to be a, um, it's really going to be a toss up. Um, I think that's how it goes, uh, and I would say most people do uh, because they the Grizzlies really have to have uh, those two against the Kings to have a chance. Uh, but my last question I have, uh, and we'll get you out of here, uh, let's go five years out uh, for the future. Is this a Pelicans, Mavericks, Grizzlies 
teams you see in the top six? Next five years? Yeah, so we're outside of LeBron. Um, I would imagine that we're on the tail end, if not the tail end, of Steph Curry. And that's weird to look and say five years, and we're going to have a lot of these guys out. Um, Yeah. Jokic is still there, I'd imagine. Hmm. Jokic is still in play. Him, like, I mean, what what happens with him, uh, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray? Because if they happily coexist, I feel like the next five years is coming up nuggets a fair bit. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, it can't be Phoenix and the and the Clippers. You know that's going to fall on its head. Um, I don't. I'm trying to think. Like, do I? The Wolves, if they keep their pick, would be really interesting. Like, I think they've actually acquired a fair bit of young talent. Although you don't really trust that franchise to do right. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's he gets traded uh, next year. In my opinion. It's a good, I mean, we'll see what happens with Ant and whoever they, they draft if they get to draft someone. But yeah, I don't know. And like you look, like you said, Phoenix, I like Aiton Bridges and Booker, but Paul will be gone. That right. core seems Atlanta. Do you really like any Hunter or Reddish? Yeah, I think, I think Dallas, Denver, maybe Memphis and New Orleans. And then actually, I, I think Oklahoma City with, you know, trusting. Um, yeah their leadership and not, and that treasure trove of picks along with Shea is interesting too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that's just what I was looking at. Um, if you've had to feel more confident about one or the other of those three uh, Pelicans, Memphis and Dallas, would you say you feel more confident in saying Dallas than the others? Huh? I, you know what, like for being a Dallas fan, like I've fallen very hard out of love with the leadership in <laughs> Dallas. Like, I, people were like, imagine if Dirk had the help KG had in Minnesota. I'm like, we don't have to imagine anymore because they're going to do it with Luca. Like, and I'm hearing whispers that there are agent deals to bring back players who haven't really fit this year. And it just does not, not, none of it sounds promising. I feel like as much crap as David Griffin has got for the Eric Bledsoe and uh, mm. Steven Adams deals, Zion Ingram ball, assuming they keep him and all those picks is, is a pretty good package if I'm playing fantasy GM right now. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I hope you're completely wrong. I want to see that franchise fall in their face, even though I do love Zion. Um, Here in Memphis, we love to hate the Pelicans as well as the Hawks. Uh, I think it's – I don't know why. Whatever. Is it the Hawks just the Trey Jaw thing? It is, as well as uh, Trey and Grayson Allen. Um, That that happened. There's somewhere that the Heat – the Heat is very, very much on fire between the Hawks and the Grizzlies. Pelicans, it's a, it's a love hate. We we appreciate them, uh, but I, I think we all hate them as well, uh, just because it, I feel like Jaw doesn't get his uh, just do sometimes. On the Pelicans thing, like not even to be hot takey, it's just the reality of the NBA is like if they're not good, if they have another season like this and they don't figure things like I could see Zion being like I'm not staying, I'm not signing a second deal, right? I'm going to play with my buddy in New York because yeah. I can do what I want in today's NBA, and that's what I want to do. So. Yeah. I mean, they got to figure it out really fast. Yeah, that's definitely not a hot take because it's the NBA and they will force their way out. But, uh, but Josh, man, I, I appreciate this. Uh, we have not talked a ton on the locker room. Uh, that's what I want to have you on here. And I've been trying to go around and get different people. And I've been uh, following you a little bit. And so I wanted to bring you on and uh, kind of get your opinion about things. And as always, uh, you kill it, man. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate, appreciate you inviting me, man. I had a fun time doing it. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time, buddy. Cool.
Thanks again to Josh for coming on, hanging out with us. Uh, clutch time was fun, uh, and so I, I'm glad you got to hear that back into the, the podcast again. But this is the 10 minutes or less that we're going to do after each game. We have the Mavericks coming up, so I had to make sure I included the 10 minutes or less. So let's go ahead and get into it. The Grizzlies just pulled out a nail-biter, unfortunately, a nail-biter against the New Orleans Pelicans. Without Zion, without Ingram, the Grizzlies looked like they were in the mud in the third quarter. At one time, I think it was a 21-3 run by the Pelicans, and overall, it was a sloppy game. A lot of fouls. We were in foul trouble, and probably they were at the line at the eight-minute mark in the third quarter. It was not ideal, to say the least. But uh, we, we bounced back, and thankfully, Jaw came through towards the end of the third quarter. He had a, a stretch where he scored, I think it was 10 straight points, two threes, uh, still missing our free throws. But in the end, he helped us out. Uh, but that fourth quarter, it was dominated by Jonas Valanciunas coming back in and giving us a shot in the arm that we needed. I love the the duo of Jonas and Tyus Jones. They play well against each or well off of each other. And it just kind of shows that they have the older head, the vet, you know, the leadership that if you need to get something done, they kind of know what to do. I would like to see more of them together. And I think that uh, Tyus needs to get a lot more minutes uh, tonight. Tyus Jones. 13 minutes. I want to like to see Jaw come down closer to the 32-minute mark. That's three less minutes that he has to be controlling the ball. And when he is coming in, leave Tyus in there to control the ball as an easy transition. So for the first two minutes that Jaw's in there, coming coming back in onto the floor, whether it is the, the end of the second quarter or end of the fourth quarter, I would like to see Tyus kind of hold the ball and transition to uh, ja, if possible, if Tyus is playing well, which he should be, I would like to see uh, that transition happen a little easier instead of just being a one-for-one trade-out. Uh, but tonight, all starters are in double figures, 12 points for Jaron Jackson Jr., seven rebounds. The rebounds were very clutch, one late in the game that sealed the victory, uh, but he played uh, very good. Five for uh, five threes, which uh, that's half of the ones he shot last game. So I, I like the five number. Uh, it's a, it's ideal because he's not a catch and shoot guy. I think he has to have the flow of the game and, and the feel of the, uh, of the basketball. His shot has to be going on. There's a lot that he still can't get into rhythm yet, but he's um, he's he's figuring it out. Uh, 14 points from Kyle Anderson, 23 for Dylan Brooks, uh, 20 points and 11 rebounds for Jonas Valanciunas. And 12 points, 12 assists for Ja Morant. So um, I, it wasn't a great game by Ja. He never took over. He just had that small stretch, but he still was able to facilitate the basketball just enough to keep us going. Uh, but I'm going to talk on that a little bit later. The bench did help us. Uh, Brandon Clark was very clutch at, at some point throughout the fourth quarter when he was playing alongside Jonas. Uh, the, the energy Jonas uh, gave to them. Uh, he hits three straight buckets, I do believe, to kind of get them motivated and uh, put them back in over the lead. Brandon Clark was very much uh, vital for this team. Uh, he was he was all over the place, getting rebounds. Uh, he was able to uh, pitch in just four rebounds, but they mainly all came in the fourth quarter. Uh, but all around, good game. John Karchar had some good minutes as well. He had eight rebounds and nine points. Uh, so shout out John Karchar. 
And the rest of the, uh, the Pelicans, it was Lonzo Ball and uh, Eric Bledsoe. Their, their, their team just did not have it. They didn't have enough guys. But they played hard. And so um, I, I know we looked at Jackson Hayes, three of three from three-point line. He was prior to that. He was three of eight for the season. So uh, I hope we don't see him develop a three-point shot because if he does, he would be very dangerous. But uh, but all in all, it's a win. And now we are playing the Dallas Mavericks. They are coming off a day of rest. We're now on a back-to-back. I envision this being a loss, as I talked with Josh about. I, and I don't think that's the craziest thing that can happen. I, I think over the course of this, uh, these last few games, uh, we beat the Pelicans. Let's say we get a loss against the Mavericks and then the two wins against the Kings. I, I would think, in my mind, that somehow, some way, that the Warriors are not going to go undefeated the, all the way through. They're not going to go undefeated the rest of the way. They still have the Jazz, which they're playing as we speak. It's halftime. They're up 54-49. I hope that's a loss, but who knows? Uh, we'll know uh, when you're hearing this podcast, you're going to know. Uh, but then they go uh, the Suns on a back-to-back. Uh, they're still at home, as I talked about. And then the Pelicans, who have nothing to play for, they're officially going to be out of the – the Grizzlies are putting them out of the playoffs at this point. Um, and so if they can lose one of those three games – then the Grizzlies have a chance to make that last game. The winner actually gets the eight spot. And so I, I like my odds, even though Steph Curry is really good and they're playing much better now. I like my odds with that. So uh, I hope that uh, the Grizzlies can keep this going. And who knows? Let's say they keep it rolling. It doesn't matter if they, you know, if it's a loss or not against the, uh, the Maver- or Mavericks or the Kings. If we have one loss and they have one loss, in the end it's the same. But even, you know, I want to see this team start gelling. Uh, I listened to the, the post-game uh, press conference from uh, Jonas Valanciunas, and he talked about uh, playing together. If you watch, uh, go back and watch the, the fourth quarter if you can and see the ball movement when Jonas kind of got uh, on a roll. From that point on, the next five or six possessions uh, before Ja came back in, you saw Tyus make sure that he's passing the ball and when they're passing the ball into the paint, they're also diving into the to the free throw line. That way, what that creates is movement. And then also, it's, if two people are going to go after uh, Jonas Valanciunas and they're going to try to double-team him, there is somebody slashing to the middle of the paint for easy dump down to a dunk or a floater to which Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones were both hitting. Um, and I think Dylan Brooks hit one of those uh, soon after that as well, but... Uh, that that creates that flow to getting to the paint because this is what this team does is they get to the paint. So I would like to see that more often is if they do get it down to the bigs, you know, and they're shallowed out a little bit on that low post side, see one of the people, whether it's the person who just passed them the ball to dive straight down to the paint or somebody from the top of key, just make a dive through. If their guy stays with them, just keep rotating, running through the paint and out the other side, which would be the weak side, the away from the person who has the ball so you don't create an extra defender. And if you're patient, such as Jonas is, he'll see the next guy coming behind and just kind of just an easy flow of offense, which can which can be very effective, uh, especially the way the Grizzlies play is in getting to the paint. So uh, watch for that next time. Um, this team that we're about to play with the Mavericks are not big. They're not a big team. Dwight Powell has played very well. 
Uh, Kristaps Porzingis, I do believe that he is back. If not, uh, I think he's coming back for this game. Uh, I have not followed them, so I, I apologize. But I believe we have a chance to win. The only way we win is if we dominate the paint. And that is Xavier Tillman. That is Jaron Jackson Jr. That is Brandon Clark. And that is Jonas Valanciunas. Those four have to dominate the paint. And then I would like to see a Tyus Jones floater game. Float game strong. Get Tyus more minutes. Get him above the 20-minute mark. And let's see if he can facilitate the movement of the offense. John Morant is still getting caught one-on-one basketball too much. And that's the reason that we are are not playing as well. And I hate calling out one person, but John Morant is our best player on this team. And if he's going to be the best player, he has to play the style that these Grizzlies are best at. And that is ball movement. There needs to be more ball movement and less one-on-one driving. Dylan Brooks... John Morant are very good. They do not need to be the people who are heard honestly dribbling to create a shot. And that's really what this team is getting to. So um, I, I hope that Lucas sits, in all honesty. Maybe that helps us out, get a win. But if not, uh, taking it to Luca, uh, I would love, after he hit that floater, the walk-off, uh, I would love to see us take a win here. So uh, so here's to the, uh, us being the Mavericks tonight. Um and this 10 minutes or less is over. If you get a chance, once again, go follow Dunks and Discourse. It's called it's Dunks Discourse on Twitter. You can follow me at Daniel Greer. You can follow Free Basketball at Free Basketball 3. And then you can follow the lead at the lead SM. So thank you again. Be nice and tell your friends.